Welcome to the Industry Show. I'm your host, Nitin Bajaj, and joining me today is Drew Vernon. Drew, welcome on the show. Thank you for having me, Nitin. Pleasure is all ours. So let's get started with a big question. Who is Drew? Uh, well, I am uh, the marketing director for Tony's, but uh, who am I? I uh, I'm a marketer. Uh, I went to school for brand and product management, and I started out in beauty. I worked for some beauty companies, uh, including Procter & Gamble. I worked my way into the toy industry uh, and uh, worked for Lego for a few years before coming to Tony's. That's kind of the, more of the business side. On the personal side of things, I'm married. I've got three kids uh, and I try to do some hobbies now and then. I play tennis and, and do pottery, but uh, that's myself in a nutshell. Oh, quite a quite a variety there and uh, looking forward to getting to know you better. So tell us more about Tony's, you know, what's the mission, the vision, and uh, also tell us a little bit about the, the size and scale of the operations. Sure. Uh, Tony's is a German company that started in 2016 by a couple of dads who met on the board of a preschool together. They noticed that their children's teacher was using a CD player uh, in the classroom to play songs and stories, and they thought them themselves... CDs are kind of an old technology at this point. They scratch and they break. And uh, most importantly, a young child uh, can't use it without an adult supervising them. Uh, you know, young kids, two or three years old. So they created a product called the Tony Box, which is a figure-based system. You put a magnetic figure on the box and it'll play uh, whatever it's programmed to play. So we have different types of characters, uh, whether it's Dr. Seuss stories or, or Disney princesses. Uh, we do, you know, Peppa Pig, Paw Patrol, uh, all of the different uh, children's favorite characters. And it was just kind of a, an immediate success over in Europe. So they launched it in Germany and expanded to the United Kingdom. Uh, I helped launch the United States uh, about two years ago. And uh, now that we're about six years into the company, we've sold 4 million Tony boxes. Wow. We're publicly traded. And uh, right now we're on track to uh, to make about $250, $300 million this year. That's amazing. That's a huge impact. And, you know, it's, you're going to an audience, you're getting them early and you're being a part of their development process. You kind of touched upon this, but if we can talk a little more about why do this and why do this now, right? So you you talked about older technology and then coming in with uh, this newer tech, but it's also very simple and easy for kids to use. So tell us a bit more about the why. Sure. I think when the founders invented the product, it was really to put the control into the hands of the children uh, because they wanted to give them an independent play experience uh, where the child can put the figure on the box because there's no screen, all of the navigation uh, of the content is done through tactile play. So you actually just give the, the box a whack on the side, they'll advance it to the next track or the next song. And uh, it's really a great independent device for that. What the founders didn't anticipate was the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and that has kind of changed the game for us a little bit because when that happened, uh, our schools shut down, people started working from home, and we started to develop some pretty bad habits, I think. And, and namely, we were giving our children smartphones, we were giving them TV screens, Netflix shows, and we were doing this at younger ages and for longer periods of time. 
And so now that we're kind of hopefully coming out of the pandemic, uh, we have these bad habits, which remain, uh, which is leading to too much screen time among kids. And uh, the Tony box is designed to be something that can entertain and educate a child in the way that a screen does, but without having them be glued to a screen. Out of curiosity and, and for the benefit of our audience, how does content get on there? Who gets to choose it? And uh, how often can you change it? So we have uh, great uh, franchise licensor relationships with mm -hmm. uh, a lot of different entertainment and media companies. As I mentioned, Dr. Seuss, Disney, Universal, uh, major publishers. And so we create the figures that will have the content uh, and the stories from which they come. Uh, on the technical side of things, like if you have a, a Disney character, for example, you put that on the box, it will use uh, Wi-Fi to download uh, the content from the internet uh, and they'll download it onto the box. And so once you've done that, it will be on the box and then it can be a disconnectable experience where you can take it in the car, you can take it on an airplane and you don't need to always be connected after the initial download. That's really cool. And uh, you know, simple is not easy, but you made it extremely simple uh, for your audience to get to that content. As simple as this sounds like, you know, there's a lot of pieces that you're pulling together, uh, partnerships, content, updates. Tell me about the biggest challenge you're facing as a business. Uh, I would say the challenge is a good one, which is just keeping up with the growth. Uh, you know, I come from working from uh, for older companies. So Procter & Gamble, I think is 175, mm -hmm. some uh, years old. Lego is 90 years old. Uh, Tony's is only six years old and it's only two in the United States. So it's a very young company, uh, but it's very much in demand. And so we have expanded our distribution. Uh, this year we got into Target uh, and we're getting into other big box stores as well. Uh, and we're doing that with a very small and uh, agile team. So our biggest challenge is literally just building the company as we build, or I should say, building the organization as we build uh, the company. That is indeed a great challenge to have. What's the most exciting opportunity? So it's funny, uh, I started out in beauty, as I mentioned, and, and mm -hmm. went over to, to Lego, got into the toy industry. It was there that I really become became a uh, an advocate for children. And I did that through, I did a program with, with pediatricians that uh, was a success. And I really saw that as an opportunity, not just to sell toys, but to improve the childhood experience. So the most exciting opportunity for me is to do that. And I really believe that childhood matters. We only get one. Mm -hmm. And we as parents and educators have the ability to shape what that childhood looks like. And I truly believe that the Tony Box is a positive element to a child uh, and to a childhood. And so that's what I am doing my part in is improving that childhood experience. And congratulations to you. And it's, it is indeed such a motivating and also uh, rewarding experience, right? When you get to see the joy on the faces of the children, uh, when they're able to define their own experiences, it's truly rewarding. So kudos to you. Oh, thank you. Uh, yes, I have uh, children of my own uh, and I work with educators. I work with children and it's always a rewarding experience. Now, 
when we talk about your career, as we look back, Procter and Gamble, Lego, and now with uh, Tony's, I would love to hear from you one experience that blew your own expectations and was a success beyond your imagination. And on the other side, something that did not work out as you had planned and maybe became a lesson learned. Sure. Uh, yeah, I alluded to it. Uh, one of the things I'm most proud of from my time at Lego was a program that I created called uh, Prescription for Play. Mm -hmm. And it was a, a program in which I partnered with pediatricians to uh, encourage parents to play with their children for at least 15 minutes a day. And I developed the program. I thought that I might, you know, I made a goal of getting into 100 doctor's offices. And I went to pitch this down to the pediatricians at one of their conferences. And I, I came away with it with uh, 2,500 uh, oh. doctors that wanted to be a part of it. So uh, that's kind of when the light bulb moment went off for me. Uh, it ended up becoming, uh, it went all the way up to the top of the Lego leadership. They ended up making it a global uh, initiative for the company. Uh, so that was one of the successes that I uh, am proud of. On the other side of things, uh, one of the lessons that I learned actually also occurred while I was at Lego. Uh, if running the preschool business for them was not enough, I decided to take on uh, an entrepreneurial endeavor of starting my own business. And it was then that I started a state licensed drop-in daycare center in Connecticut. And as I researched that and put that together and, and opened that, it really just became too much. Uh, on top of a full-time job, I uh, had a staff of about 10 people. Uh, I had a pretty high overhead and I ended up having to sell the business after just a couple of months. And what I learned from that is to know my limits, to not take on too much, uh, and to really just try to focus on the most important things. Great lessons to learn. And uh, as they say, the sooner you learn them, sooner you put them into practice, you, know, you can continue to move on. Uh, with those lessons, which also brings me, it's a good segue to my favorite part of the show. We call it the one-line life lessons. And uh, I would love for you to share your life lessons with us and our audience. Sure. Yeah. So this was a fun one. Uh, I, you gave me the, the heads up on, on these questions. So I yeah. actually had a chance to think about this. And um, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense to other people. And I don't know if I've actually even shared it with other people, but one of the things I like to tell myself is that every day uh, you have to wake up twice uh, because, you know, you're sleeping, you wake up. That's the first time that you wake up. Uh, I think that there's kind of like a second time you have to wake up, which is just to realize your true potential that you have a choice on what your attitude is going to be and how you're going to deal with the challenges that you face. Uh, we're not able to always choose our circumstances or our challenges, but we can choose how we uh, approach it and how we, um, what our attitude is. So uh, one thing I tell myself is every day, I, you must wake up twice. I really love that. Thanks for sharing. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I guess a couple others. Um, I follow Seth Godin. Uh, mm -hmm. He's, you know, popular blogger, podcaster. Uh, he likes to talk about how you have to pick yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people wait around, uh, try to be picked. Uh, they want you know their boss to notice them. They want a recruiter to notice them. And really, uh, nobody is going to be watching out for you like you. And so uh, that's just speaking again to your own self-empowerment. 
uh, maybe it's speaking again to your uh, your attitude and your ability to uh, shape your own potential and circumstances. So pick yourself would be my second one. Um, a third one is, uh, I think this came from probably some, uh, maybe uh, some hippie spiritual leader, I can't remember who, but he said, be here now, uh, which is just speaking to uh, being present. Uh, you know, I obviously passionate about um, avoiding screen time, uh, not to say that I don't have screen time or that my kids don't have screen time, but I think it's a big distraction. And, and I think it takes us away from the present, away from the here and now, if we're always scrolling, we're always watching shows. And so I try to set limits on that. Uh, and uh, I try to be here now, um, especially when it comes to interacting with other people uh, around me in real life. I try to give them my undivided attention. So simple in theory, but so difficult with all of the stimulus coming at us every second of the day. So kudos to you on, on that practice and staying true to it. I'm not perfect. Uh, everybody, you know, has their addictions. I have my you know moments of screen addiction as well, but uh, it's something that I try to remind myself. True. Uh, let's see how, how many of these are we going for a couple more. Um, Would love them. I love what I've heard, so I would love to hear more. Yeah, I think uh, I might just have one more thought, which uh, I don't know if it's uh, snippy or, or uh, concise, but I, I really just believe that uh, there's a greater potential in exploring innovation than sometimes we believe. Like sometimes people take the world for what it is and not necessarily what it can be. And so I've always tried to focus on my career on how things can change for the better and to not just take the status quo at face value, but to always try to um, question um, why, you know, something better or more efficient or, you know, more helpful uh, can't exist. And so that's what I've done in my professional life with the programs that I've developed. And that's guided a lot of my personal decisions as well. I love that it brings all of your other perspectives, your lessons together, right? Where you get to pick up and paint the colors that you want to see, right? So you get to be that change maker that you see the, the change that needs to happen. You go and make that change. So thanks for sharing yeah. those lessons. Yep. And, and I don't want to underestimate how difficult it is of because, course. you know, someone listening to this might be thinking, you know, it's not that easy just to like, you can do whatever you set your mind to and you just wish it into existence. It's, there's definitely a lot of work. And like, that's one thing I've le learned the hard way is that it's easy to have an idea. It's easy to wish something to be better. Uh, but the difficulty comes with the, the grit and the, uh, the implementation of the idea. And that's something that I still kind of wrestle with. Absolutely. And, and that's why the, the previous things, the previous lessons you shared, where you get to make those choices, right? Do you want to live with the status quo? Or do you want to do something about it? And doing something about it is not going to be easy. But if that's what you want, and that's the change you want to bring about, and if you're successful at it, that's that's what you become. And uh, well, thanks again, Drew, for sharing those lessons and also sharing your journey and story. I really appreciate it. And uh, also to you and the founders of Tony's for bringing such a wonderful tool to help shape our future. 
Thank you. Well, thank you again for having me. I've, I've enjoyed our conversation and uh, I appreciate it.